We already did an introduction, but the audio didn't roll. But I guess you have a second shot now. All right. At re- my- <laughs> introducing yourself again. You don't get second chances. My, my name is Brandon, uh, a.k.a. Plant Sham. And uh, I make beats and I love sound. And I love plants. Boom. Yeah. Boom. You, you set that up for us. I did. That's a snake plant. That's my first plant, actually. That's your first plant? Yeah. Why is it called a snake plant? A person uh, that's plant illiterate. Like why is it, I'm actually pretty illiterate myself. You just aesthetically um, find the color and the plant itself. No, so the reason I got a snake plant is because you could basically put that shit in your closet and it'll thrive. So it doesn't, it doesn't require like yeah, and you you can like not water it for like five weeks and it's fine. It's a very it's a thriving plant. It's like a good household beginner plant. Yeah. Um, I just started like getting into that and also. The main reason why I got it is because like it helps out with like air quality. Does it? Yeah. Oh shit. I guess all plants sort of do. No, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do for sure. Um, snake plants are specifically known for that. Word. No. Yeah. They're succ- to... they're a succulent plant, so like they can like thrive in dry, wet, doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean you said a closet. Dr- so dry that's crazy. mainly. Dr- dry mainly. Yeah. It's like you throw them in the closet one day, and the next day it's just wrapped around your fucking clothes, just taking over. Yeah, they. I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I, and I've been, um, since moving out too, like with the roommates, we were talking about getting some plants too. Yeah. It helps with the liveliness of just the, the space, you know, just having that extra green. Like my old bedroom didn't, I didn't have any plants other than a fake plant, which looked fake. It was mm-hmm. a little small thing in a gray, like fucking base. Voss and it's like, yeah. yeah. And then it was just like this weird, like, neon green hue to the fakeness of it but it looked kind of pleasant you know that was the only greenery i had in my room it's the only light of like nature i feel like it really lightens up like yeah livens up the atmosphere you're in yeah 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 if you have like even go further you got like fucking bamboo and you got shit like on the no yeah yeah i mean that's the plan like honestly yeah no no no. i mean just the plan in general like say just to build out a space with a lot of plants yeah. Like, that's like a future goal of mine somebody walks I'm in like there still, they'll feel like oh, what the fuck is this like a safe haven or something no shit. yeah and that's kind of how i wanted to feel yeah i already feel a like lot, it's a, a safe plants. haven with that that snake, snake plant, plant. that yeah. snake plant just blessing us right now i've never named the snake plant i'm gonna name it now her name's claire it looks that's like the a first claire. name yeah it kind of looks like a claire it's adorable um but yo so sound right so one thing i wanted to talk to you about is the importance of sound in in music videos, in film. Um, we've worked together before on a project. Um, what's that experience like to you when you're you're looking at a scene and you're trying to build a soundscape to it, a sound design? Like what what's the process in your mind? Like how do you how do you handle that? How do you manage that? So it's pretty freeform. Um I don't necessarily like have a a structured plan of how I go about building out a a soundscape. Mm -hmm. Um, But it definitely just, it's like a lot of trial and error. That's usually like how my creative process is like throughout, like even in music, like making beats and, you know, producing tracks or even mixing vocals, right? I I usually like tend to stay away from like preset sort of thinking or like, like preconceived, not preconceived, like just like, you know, just stock, kind of sounds that are already there. I usually like to mess around and merge things and like twist knobs and like add effects until I get a certain emotion that starts to match with what I'm going for or whatever I'm feeling. So like in the case of um, 
doing like adding sounds to motion it'll be like okay let's add this in there and see if it sounds cool and then like oh shit like that sort of sparked uh an emotion for me to continue down that path like the best way i can explain it is if like i'm opening a bunch of faucets right until i find like the right flow and then like that that first initial flow that i get into like I'll start to open like the other sub faucets and then I just kind of trinkle down. And you start just get to... in depth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just get in depth to it. Is it like that for you when you're shooting or do you have to have like everything super planned? Um, It is kind of like that where there's a lot of like while fleshing out a scene discoveries like within the scene and fleshing out, you know, in terms of the shot list too, where you're just digging deeper into the scene and figuring out the best ways to like convey something with a different angle or different lens like tight or wide or tracking or longer like a longer shot and then what's the next shot so in a way it's kind of like that but it's more like clips and pieces like for sound i think it's like this it's this bed right where there's so many things going on while the shot is happening um that's the shot you know and there's intricacies that go into that but with sound there could be like these little things that you don't even hear really, but it's just like building that like bottom underbed or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm curious to know, like, what's, do you have a favorite movie? Are you, are you big into movies? Do you have a favorite movie in terms of like something mm. that captivated you in that way? Like, I, would I could say, tell you mine, but I want to hear yours first. I would say, I mean, I'm so I'm not big on movies. Like I haven't watched much, um, but from the very few that I have watched, I would say like anything Lynch related, I love the way he utilizes sound. Yeah, well, that's um, that's a perfect, I think, example to like show what you're talking about, where it's really experimental. We were talking about Eraserhead before, yeah. like the sounds in that, like specifically, like do you remember that scene when he's in the living room with like the family? I think he's like visiting his his girlfriend, that the main character. Yeah, and they're like eating that dinner with like the 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 weird turkey the fake meat that just started like bleeding or some oh shit. yes yeah remember yeah, that yeah. yeah it's all those sounds like do you remember the sounds that you would hear you hear like clinking because it's like a very industrial environment yeah. so even though you're in this living room setting it's a weird ass soundscape yeah and I think when you have those two elements like contrast and play with each other like that it the immersiveness of the the experience you're giving like the viewers is like more it's not more unique but it becomes unique. You know, like, I think when you're watching something silent, n not to shit on silent movies, but I don't shit on silent movies. I wouldn't. I I don't have that. <laughs> but you see, like, you probably since you're like mainly like a, a video guy. Or, I'm like, just a, joking. A you can shit on silent <laughs> movies. They're, they're long. They're long done and gone. They're boring, man. I can't get into them. Can't you can't get into, get into them. No, I can't. I can't. They're tough. Movies. Yeah, they're tough when they I mean, you know, you got to give it to them. Just the, the filmmakers of that day just creating things and. And then there's usually there's an orchestra behind it, right? That's where I guess the music soundtracks even really began. They just like, dunk, 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 dunk. and the guy's like, and he's like fucking yeah. manic or whatever. Um, like Buster Keaton, I don't know if you know him. No, I'm he's not he's insane. He was like a stuntman slash actual actor. He would just do his own stunts, but at a time where like there's no safety precautions. Like something big on Instagram is like one specific scene where he's standing waiting and like the the face of a house falls down and then the perfect opening of that window is where he was standing so the fucking thing falls and he's just there and he's like 
you know, and, and it's not something that there's no safety precautions there. It's just the whole thing fucking falls and they measured it out for him to be at the right position. Oh, I mean, shit. if he was off, he's crushed, you know, he, he would have died. There's so many moments where he could have gotten clipped. Uh, it was crazy back then, man. But yeah, silent movies are very different. Um, and I think the thing that I appreciate about them is definitely the incorporation of like music along with every movement that happens. Like with somebody slips, <laughs> it just like you know yeah, what I mean. But, but that's still con- that's still like incorporating sound. I'm talking like strictly totally. like no like nothing. Just like it's silent. Just no no music. Just just picture. Just like the film. Just rolling. I mean that itself is kind of like ASMR. That's just like, the film. Yeah, that's just the film rolling. But I wouldn't like hear that if I were to watch like a. Actually, I don't. I don't know. I haven't really like dove into just silent, like Me purely either. silent films. Me either. I haven't know? dug. Uh, being a media arts major from NGCU, there is like a study into that a little bit. But yeah. you know, it's it's like a a point of reference in study, and then you're like, ah, that happened, and then from there you could like go into everything else. You know, one sound came into play. I forget when. I think in like the 1920s or something. That's when you know. That's actually funny when like sound came into play. How a lot of people realized, like directors and things, um, that some actors and actresses sound terrible, and they can't. They it. Some people didn't um, transfer over to the sound age of film because they did not sound good. And they could like be like, oh, they could be like the facial features and shit, and like the music is playing along really well. Yeah. But then when they speak, I think Family Guy made a joke about it too. When they when they speak, it's like yeah, it's just like disgusting. They didn't sound good. And then it came in like the play of like, yeah, you got to memorize like dialogue now. And then some actors and actresses couldn't translate and they couldn't mm. make it over. So it was literally like a new age when like sound came into play for, for movies. But I think that that goes to show like how immersive sound is. And, you know, and like we don't really think about it when we're watching, you know, just like casually. But um, if you pay attention to all the details, it really makes a difference in your experience like with that product. Yeah. No, we're definitely sensitive to to sound to the point where we don't realize like the lead actresses and actors of of today. I mean, music in general, right? Like Drake. Drake is the biggest fucking rapper, if that's yeah. what he is. Right? He's probably, he's yeah, he's, like, he's probably one of the biggest influences in music. Right I now. mean, if you go on a Spotify, everything has nine digit plays, like yeah. six hundred million, right? Because there's he, there's thousand, the six hundred thousand, and then six hundred. He just has mil, you yeah. know. So, but he's like. He's got his fucking voice, you know? I was going to imitate him, but I, I, it's not coming. <laughs> and then, you know, just voice is so important. Voice is sound. Voice is so important. Kanye yep. West, Jay-Z, like all these iconic people. And the mix matters too. The mix, like his engineers. Oh, yeah. Sporting, I mean, I wonder how that... trash they sound before everything really is like done, you know? I mean, mind you, Drake has like a lot of singing lessons now. And he, he's ha- he has definitely progressed you know, over time. Man. Yeah, but no, like engineers definitely should get a lot of credit for just get all the making, credit i mean making that sound beautiful you know like I, well i mean i'm not saying like engineers should get like all the credit but i'm just trying to say that like yeah, the no. mix the mix is very important when it comes to um you know piecing together a piece whether it be like a musical piece or whether it be like sound design yeah for, like, so i don't know i don't know too much about that process like i've always seen like you know um mixing and somebody mastering a song like what what does that mean exactly when someone's like mastering a song or mixing it down or something like that like what's so so i have like my own agenda on that um i would say from my so from my understanding though 
mastering is just the stage of where you're getting the levels right. Yeah. You're not really changing anything about the mix. Um, certain engineers probably do like add a little bit of saturation or like color to a mix to make it pop out more. Um, but it seems to me that it's a very like, it, it's also very freeform in that regard. Hmm. The only thing that's objective is that make sure the levels are right. So when you upload it to Spotify, nothing's compressed. When you upload it to YouTube, when you upload it to like a digital, like any digital streaming platform, when you put it on vinyl, when you put it on CDs, you know, there's like a specific like um, like meter meter for le like sound decibel like levels and like, you know, what what should be what's appropriate what's industry like standard set, like the set requirements to, exactly to, you to know like so like from my understanding that's like what mastering is about um but other than that there's so many things you can like say like oh yeah like this like the mat it's so it's so like free because like things could be done in the mix you know like if the mix sounds fine then what what does what do you need a master for yeah. um like what changes um it i think i feel like it's getting it's like now it's getting like it's getting tricky there's like a fine line between like it's like more narrow where like yeah. where like a person could just master themselves when before it, it was like this whole thing this whole thing it, exactly because like off. because of everything becoming so digital and like all these plugins are you know reaching like analog standard um mm. and like all of these like daws like digital audio workstations like Ableton, FL Studio Logic, GarageBand, whatever, they're becoming so advanced that you can just master with a set of headphones and a laptop in your room. That's you great. Know, you don't need you don't need a studio to master. Yeah. There, there's actually a project. Um, it's pretty popular. It's by um, Gali Matias and Alina Baraz, Urban Flora. That was. Um, I heard it. You probably you probably have it. It's it's uh, it's kind of it's like more under like the pop realm. Mm -hmm. um like experimental pop um but that whole project was mixed and mastered by golly matias the producer and um i think it sounds incredible and he did it on a pair of headphones the exact same headphones i'm wearing actually is that so, why you got those that is exactly why i got them. <laughs> the inspo huh a yeah. quick plug what headphones are those again you told it's me the uh, bear dynamic uh dt 990 pro yeah which comes with what is this like noise canceling? I see like the padding just like no, blocks so, off so, any so, nagging from people, right? No, actually these are um these are more like mixing headphones. I see. So okay. these are open cans. Open cans is like when um like sound is gonna bleed through. Like if I crank the the levels on this, right, you like you'll hear things bleed through. So they're not good for tracking vocals. Like say if I'm gonna record, because then you'll get that bleed through when you're recording. So closed cans are the opposite. I essentially. See. Yeah. These are just great for mixing because they because of the open cans, like you really get a good depth of stereo field and like levels. Headphones yeah. get intense, man. They do. They do. You would say this is your favorite pair? This is my favorite pair so far. And you would recommend if you're like a beat producer? I would definitely recommend this. Yeah, for sure. And you use it obviously now and you use it for your own music. Yeah. Let's talk about your music a little bit, man. Do you have any, do you have main influences or you've kind of gotten into this realm of chill, lo-fi on your own accord? Um, I mean, I think I'm influenced regardless of whether I think I'm, we all I'm not. Are, yeah, right? we're, we're yeah. always influenced, right? Um, I don't think anything's necessarily like, 
unique or original just those um, silent movies you know like no. it's, it's still <laughs> it still exists today like we still take inspiration from it you no, know 100 um so everything all ideas are bouncing around but um my influences are uh yeah like lo-fi i really like low fidelity kind of sounds like adult swim like i remember adult that swim really, bumps yeah adult swim bumps that really stood out to me as a child um just like hearing the instrumentals like flying lotus is definitely a big inspiration you, you know taiko um, taiko's dope yeah yeah one, I, I really I, I, remember. I really like taiko i i would consider him like more like a uh, ambient you know True, ambient yeah. like it's chill. more it's more like atmospheric I guess. yeah atmospheric i really like atmospheric shit um damn there's this japanese artist i can't remember his fucking name there's so but, many yeah but uh brian eno is a big one brian eno is considered like a godfather of like atmospheric or ambient like music um there's something about amb ambient music that i really enjoy it, it's like relaxing but also it's got that like instrumental to it that you can still sort of like bop to yeah. specifically your sort of music which i've always liked um it's just so so relaxing but also there's like a sense of nostalgia does it does it sometimes like pain you making certain beats or, or music you know where you you're channeling like a, a feeling or a part of yourself 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah um talk, talk, that, just no talk no about no that i'm glad i'm glad that you said nostalgia because like i've noticed that whenever i show people like my music and they would describe it to me they would always say like oh, it makes me feel kind of nostalgic and i wonder where that's getting channeled from like i i don't purposely like think like oh shit i need to make something nostalgic I just think like probably my sound choices and everything that I like piece together. Yeah. It just comes off as nostalgic. Well, I know there's certain chords that like I title them as like sad chords. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like A minor or something like that yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of like guitar or piano or whatever. And there's these certain chords that automatically channel that feeling in your head, like uh, of like reminiscing on something or thinking back or. It's a strange thing that happens in the mind when you hear like just music in general and how it affects you. But yeah, do you incorporate a lot of like minors? Is that what it is? Minors. Let's be careful with. But <laughs> we're talking <laughs> no, no, about no, music. It, it, it we're is, talking about music. It, it is minors. Um, I do dive into theory a little bit. Um, I'm not like the most like well versed in it. Yeah, but, but you don't need to know theory no, too no, no, much no, yeah, to make yeah. some bomb I feel ass like, music. I feel like it's just the the feeling initially, like. Theory is just a great way to describe it to like understand what you're doing. Totally. Um, but Same way for film. I, like understanding theory goes a long way. Yeah. With like subliminal messaging with, you know, framing and what you have in the frame. Like the rule of thirds, I would assume is like very popular within the visual world, right? Yeah. Like making sure things are like lined up on that. Yeah, but that's more of like a standard like applicable rule of like photography and filmmaking. Yeah. It's not too much into um, theory actually. Theory is still that like studying deeper within meanings and context, but rule thirds is like that thing that everybody should know when getting into the field. Like, I got like you. leading yeah. lines, like uh, you know, in your frame. Like if I'm like capturing you, is, is that you know? not like a a fundamental like you know visual aspect though? That I would, I would it consider is. that like some some sort of theory, you know? Because some, some guess, people yeah. some people aren't aware of that. You know, that's something that I definitely like because I used to paint and draw. So mm -hmm. the rule of thirds definitely came up a lot in like theory classes. I see. Yeah. I thought it was more of like a practice rather than like a th like theory applied, you know. 
but that's just like i guess how i see the word theory okay i got you yeah i actually don't know much about like film or video theory so i mean i would like to like oh me either that. i i just know what i know i just know <laughs> from like ngcu and shit learning from there and then mo mostly going hands-on with things like getting out of the college that's where the real knowledge comes out once you're just in the field and you're you're managing projects or you're a part of projects in a certain way but um yeah man those are those are important things to know yeah but back back to minor chords yeah um, yeah we sidetracked so the kind of chords that i would use um i find myself using a lot of major ninth chords right so it's actually more of a happy sound can you like imitate that uh <laughs> Not just the really. sound of it yeah no i don't i don't know how to like imitate that no it's I, don't, I don't know the interval yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, i mean no i have worries. to like play it out and feel, feel it um but i use a lot of major ninth chords i do use like minor chords mm -hmm. um i think yeah that probably has a lot to do with the moods that i'm setting because chords are i feel like chords are very like emotively driven especially like the type of progression you're using mm -hmm. so the type of chord you use is a great indicator of like the type of emotion you'll get from a song for sure and i think um that goes hand in hand with the type of sound you use you know if you use a very harsh sound like you can kind of make it like a major chord sound aggressive you know but if you're using a very soft sound you can make a major chord sound very soft you know and like so when yeah you, when you piece those two together i think that's when you start to like have some sort of do you have um, fun with like creating like a mood or yeah. like a soundscape for people to take in. It's like the way these different instruments sort of sound. Do you have like a favorite sound right now in terms of like an instrument, like mm. keys or is there something that you're connecting with more during this time period than you have before? So I would say that like right now, I've been searching for sounds that like, I like sounds where I don't know what I'm listening to. Like you don't, it's um, like it's like it's like yeah wait it's not a piano it's not an instrument it's like it's like just just weird sound like these these timbres and they're making out notes like you know yeah yeah it's more like i'll definitely say it's more synth driven mm -hmm. um but usually sounds that are not really like um ones that you can discern like i would i would be more attracted to right now but overall i would say like acoustic piano right mm -hmm. like I, I love the sound of an of an acoustic piano i love the roads too uh electric piano and um yeah just like some classic synth sounds classic saw wave classic Weird. sine wave very simple you know you, i feel like you can do a lot with that you're sure. um and you're you're predominantly on soundcloud or are you yeah so i i'm predominantly on soundcloud what's yeah. your what's your stance on um just being on these like different streaming platforms um so as i'm more i would i mean like yeah i'm an artist i think everyone that creates is an artist um but if i were to box myself in i would say like i'm more of like a producer than i am like an artist that's trying to get their music heard or whatever mm. or like society looks at me more of like a a producer right so i think it's the game is a little different because as a producer you can get away with like no instagram no music like on soundcloud if you just know the right people and are connected with artists you can just have your shit heard yeah and, like through the artist you know because they're going to be the ones that are putting their music on spotify or apple music or whatever 
Yeah, but, so um, I guess it's it's somewhat of a word of mouth, but instead of word, it's like ear of mouth, would you say? Because it's like ear- sound. <laughs> it's like ear of mouth. So, because now you don't have, so there's no online sort of presence, sort of, right? This portfolio, right? That usually visually, I guess, is somewhat needed. Like on my end, I have like an Instagram. Uh, I'm getting on Twitter. I'm creating a YouTube, and it's like, yeah. oh, content. We need this content now. Uh, uh. And trying to figure out how to basically get my name more out there. But then you're saying it's it's almost better because you don't need those things to succeed just because it depends on like the artist you're working with and how they're pushing their music and from there it sprouts out yeah so you can definitely get away with like say it just depends on how plugged in you are you know um if you know some if you know people within the industry like that's true yeah you can you can literally just be like someone in the studio with them engineering their projects or you know producing something for them and you know, they'll put that on Spotify and you do the split revenue and, you know, you got yourself a placement and you're... Bada bing, bada boom. You get that money. Damn. Yeah. So that can be a route. Um, I, I was going to ask... Like, I think that's way harder. Yeah, um, for sure. Anything word of mouth is pretty difficult. Yeah. Because then you're depending on a lot of, sort of like a long-term approach to to getting your, your shit out there. But then obviously connections, like, that's what makes it at the end of the day, like um a project i have coming out tomorrow uh this artist amber lee i got connected to her from this artist raheem and that's that's connections you know so and another project i have coming out end of the month that's with an artist that i got connected from angel and it's like that i guess like that's the good that's like i actually have been playing through word of mouth for the most part yeah it's been sort of working but it's also been pretty slow with the the progression you know yeah so what i was kind of curious about to hear like on your end is like if you had uh an idea like which streaming platform would be best for an artist to get more exposure or does it even matter because each platform has such different audiences hmm i mean that's kind of a puzzle that i've been trying to figure out like including just like with artists that i know and like how they're trying to push their music to um it's so tricky because like anyone can set up an ad like and push mm-hmm. their music now and, like i can you can just solely have like your music being pushed on instagram and have like a link to your spotify or something and, like you know so there's certain actually there are certain producers that have gotten incredible exposure through tiktok yeah with the fucking things going viral and if you're using like a song or instrumental exactly that's, that's like one of the main keys that i guess that's one of the crazy benefits of all these apps and social media things you like, know so like i feel like um TikTok. my my best advice for trying to get heard as an artist is definitely adapting with the times and like really utilizing um the tools that were that are given to us you know like all these all like all of social i i definitely think social media should be a a a priority if you're trying to get heard yeah for sure let's (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so 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 we had an interruption there (laughs) we had an interruption there (laughs) but uh we're back was that and uh no so we were talking about um director dp in that relationship and then you made the parallel of artist producer yeah so shit i'll pick it up no worries it's a fucking alarm oh for what what is that so this is my alarm to go um take a walk no (laughs) (laughs) 
you gotta make sure you got your walks. <laughs> Is that uh, a weird alarm to have? Oh boy, it's time. No, I think that's pretty cool. To remind yourself, sometimes yeah. you sit and you're fucking working. Like, and you oh forget. shit, I gotta take a fucking walk. I'll be back. Cap yeah. on, you know. No, I just, that's just my alarm for uh, picking up some squash. Yeah. A squash alarm. Yeah. A oh, full okay. box of squash, thirty pounds of squash. I'm serious. Yeah, but how are you gonna transport that? It's by walking. Mm. The fruit market is like right there. Oh, word. Yeah, so. They're closed soon? Is that why? No, no. That's just the time the owner is going to be there. That's I your like squash to, time. Uh, yeah, that's my squash time. You squash it with the owner? Get yeah, the squash. Spaghetti style. Spaghetti right, let, squash. And then, so you were saying <laughs> about artist producer. So, yeah, the uh, the directors, the uh, the brain. Try to talk more into the mic, actually. Yeah. So the the, the directors, the, uh, the brain and the... Uh, the fucking DP is the, the heart, right? And I would say it's the same thing with, like, artist, producer. Um, You know, artist comes in with an idea. Or, like, say just, like, working with um Angel. Or, like, working with Chris. Or working with, like, my boy Omar or my boy Zach. Like, we... They'll come to me with ideas. And as a producer, I kind of, like, manifest those ideas like based off of like whatever references or templates they they show me like sometimes like my boy omar he would send me a a beat that already exists and was like yo dude i'm trying to get like a soundscape like this or something i'm just like oh cool like Mm. i i know the technicalities behind how to achieve that you know same way like with the dp i would i would assume like yo i know the lighting and i know the mood you're trying to go for like maybe like you 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 bring sid like a shot like from a different movie like yo dude like i'm trying to get something like this right yeah i'm pretty sure always... you, i'm pretty sure you you already know how to do it but like sid probably like studies that shit like constantly so you trust him which is why he's your dp you know in most cases so and, and the same thing with artist producer relationship it's like yo this this producer knows like how to get the the soundscape that i'm trying to go for yeah there's so, definitely the, always those references yeah. and and it usually comes first from the artist yeah like when um speaking about angel and the song desire like we were talking for a little bit back and forth and the the main things we were looking at as references was the uh sam smith video dancing with a stranger right okay i'm not gonna actually don't know that song you don't know that song um and then um there was another one but that was like the main reference we looked at uh so yeah, in terms of building like a visual, it does really start from like inspiration and references. And then mm-hmm. we look at that together and write, like the DP looks at something, whether it's a treatment or a reference or whatever, and already having an understanding of like how those things are created, we try to do it together. Of course, being constrained by like like the budget of the, the production, you know, because like Sam Smith, he has whatever the fuck Sam Smith has uh, as a budget very different for independent artists so it's like okay we, we're looking at this piece of um this piece of art this music video uh how can we recreate that in a way that is affordable and it works within the budget um i mean i honestly think we did a great job with that too uh shout out to sid but yeah that dynamic is like important and a lot of people don't realize that dynamic even exists at least people like outside of the creative field or like new artists, they don't realize that there is a director and DP 
and that's like the main difference between um like more amateur work where it's like people throw out the term videographer but like that a videographer is just somebody you know he knows how to shoot and use use a camera but it gets more complex when you're dealing with someone who's a director who knows like more of these layers of production and the director of photography which is the, the dp who knows the complexities of a camera and with that combination that yin, yin and yang you'll just get you'll get a better product you know along with that crew that comes along one person doing it all alone is tough like imagine an artist just like finding a beat and they're rapping it's like okay that's cool but you just like kind of found a beat and rapped over it it's like you had no you had no control over like the product really like the sound of it it's like you just you're getting your shit out there that's cool but what if you work with a producer that person can create a sound for you more in your mood and in your branding and what you're trying to aim for yeah you know instead of the person just trying to do everything solo and i think that's the main thing trying to have like that understanding of these roles artist producer director dp you know and making that more known like worldwide because people some people really don't even realize like when i mentioned dp it's like what's that it's like oh this is the person that shoots oh i thought you shoot it's like yeah a little more complicated than that yeah you know actually um by you explaining that relationship today like that's me figuring out like oh shit i didn't know it was like that i actually thought as a director like you're also like in kind of in charge of shooting as well or like you're in charge of the final frame like you're yeah, yeah. you're you know everything is set up and structured by the dp like in terms of um lighting and camera and it's all built from the, the references you know and this yeah. this original treatment but I, I think that's very important though because like i'm thinking about just you know as a visual artist or you know someone who dove into that world for a good portion of his life um like lighting um color value like all of these things really play a big role when it comes to um huge role man building out like a a mood you know in in the final product that you're trying to you know push forward and um it seems like dps are super important man like yeah. if, if you have like you could be a great director but like a shitty dp is just the ideas won't, won't translate exactly well. yeah i mean when you're looking at a movie too you know when you're looking at like a racer head that's david lynch but then there's a director of photography who who has shot that image you're looking at and built that that frame that frame you know, that yeah. composition so so they're basically in charge of composition yep. as well and like oh like let's do this angle and let's yep yeah wow it's something that's done in cohesive like with the director too you know if, yeah. especially if it gets deeper into where it's there's like storyboarding and shot listing involved yep. but yes like the director has sort of the final say where it's like um maybe this angle might be better blah, blah, blah. and usually a director just kind of lets the dp do their thing you know yeah. since since that relationship is built over time and you know there's a, a trust and understanding of whatever the concept you're no, going for sure for, for sure it's, just, it's the same exact thing but with, it's everything like, with artist producer you know i would say the same um like a lot of a lot of times like in the studio with an artist like yeah I'll, I'll get some ideas like thrown at me um you know it starts with the initial like artist idea of course what's that like by the way when artists like yo man because it's because like visual is visual but sound is so different yo man i, I hear train tracks and i want like an ocean floating in trust me i've got like, is it weird, like that i've gotten weird explanations yeah it's for, tough huh it's, it's yeah, interesting yeah, yeah because it's like all right damn they don't know how to speak in like the language that i know there's language know? to it um but 
I do my best to basically like, yo, okay, like he's saying this, um, let me try like these few things. And then like, if it works out, then like, oh, okay, cool. That's that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's where the magic comes. Yeah. That's where your brain starts working. Exactly. Or if they show me a reference, I'd be like, okay, perfect. I know exactly like what you're trying to tell me now. So references are super important in those, in those moments of like trying to explain. Um, but then you have some artists that I feel like as an artist, if you're more well-versed on the language and like the effects and if you get a little bit behind like the DAW or just like a little, if you get a little bit into production, right? If you if you can bleed your knowledge into that, yeah. it makes the relationship much stronger for sure. I would say like the strongest relationship I have with like artist producer would be um, my boy Chris. He goes by uh, Psalm, but I think Song. something c4 he's trying to do now but yeah he's song. trying to change up his yeah, artist trying, name trying to change up his artist name that's always but, um, tough yeah right like switching up names you gotta like because once you switch your names like where did that guy go especially with social media it's just like it's a weird thing where if you're not on the platform it's like does that where's that person yeah it's a weird thing where it's like <laughs> this and now you have to kind of like have them presented in your newsfeed all yeah. of a sudden for you to be like oh shit like there was a name change all of a sudden yeah like me going with my middle name diego a lot of people were like wait who's this i'm following diego <laughs> who's diego obviously a lot of people not yeah. knowing that's my middle name it's like it'd be super weird if i just decided to say oh, my name is diego for no reason it's like yes i am diego it's like no you know that's kind of crazy i think but it's it's connected to that but then yeah you deal with that like weird social presence online where it's like where did that guy go? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I've changed it's my tough. name on Instagram a few times and it is like, wait. It takes thought, a second. I thought, I thought you were uh, like Brandon Pancham or like yeah. Pancakes or whatever. And you now you're, your you're Plant Champ. Now I'm just Plant Champ. Where yeah. did that come from? Plant I'm Champ. I'm sticking. Uh, so I've thought of that. I I thought of Plant Champ like a while ago. Um, I'd say maybe a year into producing, I thought of it. But basically, I've always been into like holistic health and like plant-based nutrition um so and my last name is pansion so then i was just like walking this is actually when i was at ngcu mm. i think it was around 27 18 2017 when we were in class when we were in class together Remember that graphic graphic no, design no, no, course no no because no, i wasn't even making music then bro word you were squatting i remember you talking about <laughs> squatting <laughs> yeah you squatted some crazy was, weights yeah, and yeah i was like i, I was impressed I, like bro I was, keep I doing it that. i remember I that. that yeah i started working out too like at the gym too and i was like bro keep doing that you'll do good yeah you'll do good five by fives i actually told um dimitri about the program i was doing it works five by five five by five strong lifts so if you were to if you're focused on like trying to get stronger build mass you you do build mass but that's not like the main focus the main focus is like lifting more weight if you're, if that's like we're heading towards, mm-hmm. um, five by five is a great like beginner program. Is that to get you started? Is that something to do with reps? Like five reps? Yeah, so at f- your max. Exactly. So at, five right? reps for five sets. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, that's and, something and that and I it's, heard recently. It's compound lifts only. So like you're only using the barbell for your workouts. You're doing like bench press, squats, um, barbell rows. Oof. And you're doing like um, deadlifts and shoulder press. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you got your like, I think did I say five lifts? Yeah. I think that's five lifts. So five by fives. You know, it's a, it's a great. I'm not sure if you did, but the video will tell. <laughs> yeah. No, that yeah. sounds pretty extensive too. Is that no, the no, same? No. Is that? But that is 
like the same for each day you work out or so is squ- it you're squatting three times a week okay that sounds good because yeah. neg- the legs are neglected yeah like you have if you have one leg day i feel like that's just not enough like i have one leg day and i feel like everything else is sort of getting uh more toned yeah but because of that just one day because you know you're always using arms and shit but yeah. legs are like no you can i'm just afraid i don't want to be a squat. dorito i don't want to be a dorito man <laughs> I see it at the, the gym sometimes. It's, a, it's so weird to look I at. I think it's genetic too. Some people you just have so? bigger legs. Some people just don't fuck with leg day. Yeah. That's, some people are pussies. I'm a pussy. But like sometimes it's hard for like, I feel like people like you and I, we have, we're tall. Um, our legs are just naturally skinny. You know? You calf have, implants. Like, yeah, we need calf implants to look You good. down? 100%. Next week, bro. <laughs> I got no money, but let's do it. I gotta get these. I got the Celine for the ladies. Solution, and I got some needles too. In here? We, yeah, we could. We could do. Here. I'm not doing any sort of surgical shit in here, man. This is not. This is good for this, but I could play some ambient do. music in the background while know? it's happening. Yeah, I feel but, like that'll help. Oh, Dimitri's gonna be the one doing procedure while you're playing. <laughs> it's not even like a yeah. bit of your music. That's cool. No. Are you still working out though? No, I, I mean I do like. Oh, so it's a quick no. No, I don't do weightlifting. I'm actually like no, no weightlifting. You work out the mind. You meditate. Uh, I do meditate. I do yoga. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I do I'm trying to yoga. get. I'm trying to do and more like ca- yoga. calisthenic, like based work. So like push-ups, pull-ups, handstands, things of that nature. Cool. That's what I'm. That's what I'm more into. Because like, because so- like working out with weights, I noticed that my joints were just getting completely trashed. Mm, but that's because I, I had a, I had a history of like trashing my joints. Cause I used to break dance. I used to like do gymnastics and flip, and I wasn't like necessarily warming my body up properly, and I wasn't stretching and taking the right care of myself. Um, so I did fuck up my joints yeah. at a at a very young age, and I had like a few injuries that I never like took care of that I'm still like taking care of today. You know, and it's been since like it's been like what eight nine years, and I'm still Jesus. having like hip pain. You know, it's crazy. But yoga has been tremendously, like, helping me because I'm working on flexibility and movement and, you know, just more, more like, it's, like, more practical for me, you know? Yeah, no, I don't know. definitely. Yeah. I it, agree. I Because I did yoga for a short stint. Um, it was mostly that uh, my friend that, like, bought me a yoga mat and really introduced me to it. And it felt good doing it. And I guess it's, like, always just taking the time out in the day to do that. And I think... The reason why I don't really do it anymore is because I'm like impatient. I think there's a lot of impatience. It's pretty there's boring. There's a lot of patience. Yeah, there's a lot it's, of patience. I can't with say it. that I have like the most fun doing yoga, but but it's so good to like get in tune with your body and you're and you're hitting points in your like muscles that you don't with lifting. You know exactly. what you're saying? It's just like such a exactly. oh, aggressive. Oh. And yeah. then with yoga, it's like you know you don't make that noise, I, but you're like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I think it's. A, I think if you have both in the equation, it's a great balance, yo, uh-huh. for sure. I think that helps just too because when I was doing it and I started meditating when I was quarantining too, um, like I was just thinking a lot clearer, yeah. you know, and I was like more positive, and that did affect like my workflow too. You find that? Do you find like you're vegan too, right? Yeah. You find like that combination mixes into your music too. One hundred percent. 100% definitely does. I feel like that's why I tap into a lot of like ambient music Word. when I'm like creating. I, I love ambient, ambient sounds is like a good foundation of where my mind usually 
like wanders while I'm creating shit, you know? Do you I, I um, do you play your music when you when you practice yoga or do you follow an instructor? No, I don't follow an instructor. I sometimes I'll play music. Yeah, it's like 50/50. Sometimes if I'm feeling music, I'll play music. Um sometimes I'll play play with Cardi while I'm like doing yoga. I know that sounds so opposite. Yeah. But that's interesting. Usually it's you know, like it's, a you're supposed to be like super calm shit Hello, yeah welcome. but like i'm always like listening to ambient music or like doing calm Need shit so sometimes a little bit of like just ignorant ignorant shit yeah. ignorant what's shit, your go-to like what's what's like your go-to artist in, the, in that perspective um like future you've, you've no nah, i don't really listen to future like that. the only the only like modern like trap artist i listen to is playboy cardi playboy cardi yeah Mm. I just started getting into him too, so, um, you know, I, I actually fuck with his project Whole Lot of Red that came out. Yeah, I, it was I, supposed to be this like crazy thing. I think it's pretty good. So a lot of people hate it. How many tracks is on it? Uh, it's a good port. I think more than fifteen. More than fifteen. Around there. Cause I remember when Migos dropped their um, I forget what it's it, it was titled, but they had like twenty plus tracks deep or some shit. It just yeah. felt like a lot of filler. With trap music too it all kind of like it feels like it all molds together into one sound you know yeah there's like no quality control sometimes i think yeah 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 like they let the hits come out when migos dropped that like walk it like i talk it i'm pretty sure it was on that project there's like a few tracks that like like popped but they there's like no quality control there's just like here's like 30 tracks you guys decide what the hit is and then, like, you know, you got to just listen. It's like, oh, that's just fire. Like, 10 songs in. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it, walk it. Like, do you do, the, you do yoga to that song? No. Migos? Walk I, it like I talk it. Walk it, walk it like I talk it. <laughs> walk it like, like leg up and shit. I mean, that would be so, fun to do. Yeah, why not? I wouldn't mind. It's the, same, it's the same. But that's the thing. I haven't listened to Playboy Cardi too much, so. Okay. Is that, like, mm-hmm. louder bop? Like, pop, pop. It's very, like, think of, like, super meant. playful, like, energy. Playful, mm-hmm. playful hyper energy i gotta listen to him yeah. i gotta check him out um sometimes he's just like i don't understand anything what he's saying but his that's cadence, future i feel his, like you, his cadence is like it's pretty dope like it's like oh wow this is this is pretty unique to me like i don't really hear it hear that like in a lot of trap music weird how do you how do you I feel about has, beat stars beat stars do you use beat um, stars at all i have used beat stars yeah i have my music up there. would you recommend yeah would you recommend artists to get on there and mm. put their music to, to yeah well, absolutely because you can like um the thing with beat stars is well the thing with any like beat promotion platform or like beat platform is that um you can you can buy ads and you can mm. like have your shit like thrown in like the front page or like you can you can have it like more seen, you know, and that increases your chances of getting your beats sold. Um, I've done ads on BeatStars. Uh, I think my audience is not on BeatStars though. Like I've used um, SoundClick, mm-hmm. I've used TrackTrain and BeatStars, and out of those three, TrackTrain and Beats and SoundClick are the ones that have gotten me sales. I've never yeah. heard of those SoundClick. Yeah, so and sound, track, track train. SoundClick is pretty it's pretty old. Like it's it's been around for some time. Have you heard of Bryson Tiller? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He references SoundClick in some of his lyrics. I can't remember the song, but definitely. Cool, like, no, so it's definitely yeah, yeah. a platform that's it's a good thing, for, you know. He's he's found some beats on there apparently, you know. 
Um, so it's not that old. When you say old, I think about like dusted books. No, but it's been around for it's been around for a while. That's what, That's what you mean. Say. Oh, yeah, I see. It's okay. old. It's old. Oh, so I'm ignorant for not knowing about Beatstars it. is more new. Right. Yeah, I would say SoundClick started before Beatstars. Um, Tractrain, I don't know how old that is or how new it is. But that's cool. No, just to recommend dope. to people yeah, like to these are dope platforms. I actually um I think I'm about to get my first placement with like a semi like major artist. He's on a label, sign of RCA. Ooh. Um and it was all because I promoted my beat on track train. You know? I like me personally, I like track train the most because um when you promote your beat it'll be literally dead five beats are shown on the front page as soon as you go on right with beat stars when you promote your beat it's kind of like in the algorithms and sometimes it'll play and sometimes people will see it and click play yes in you the know mix. but when you have only five beats when you log into track train when you go on their website and those are the only fives that are promoted i think that's a better chance of getting your shit played so mind you the the promotion is it's kind of pricey mm-hmm. um but it's worked for me you know like i it's I like promoted, paid off in terms of like the it, money it you paid off and it. it actually made me a little bit more profit too so that was like cool to see that people were fucking with my shit it was yeah, actually man. it was actually the beat that i promoted was um the beat that you asked to use in your video in the giveaway yeah i promoted that was my first beat i ever that was the first time i ever promoted a beat and i got a sale from it and it was from this dude his name he goes by christopher lewis he's part of this like band called next town down um but he reached out to me and we're pretty fucking like he's he's cool you know like yeah. i didn't think like i could meet like here's how crazy it is actually this guy follows mm-hmm. me on instagram you know i message him like yo dude like thanks for the follow like yo like you like you have crazy voice you know like you're pretty good and you know this is after i got my beat sale and i didn't connect the two together that this person who followed me was um the person the person who bought my beat and then like at a certain point i was like i looked at the name and then i looked at the name of who bought my beat or i looked at the email because i don't get you don't get to see the names of people right but you see the email and and i kind of had his name in the email and i was like wait a second you're the person who bought my beat and um uh from there we just kind of hit it off and like he gave me his number we started talking yada yada and like i was that's cool man i was sending beats like you know just like personal beats and stuff and then he was sending me back like shit with him singing on it i'm like yo this is crazy like i'm like connecting with someone from a different part of the world well across the u.s specifically but yeah you know he's out in like california and shit um yeah, it's still here, but that's that's a different part. It's a different it's a different world, world you And but that's like you know, that's the great benefit of and, using these fucking platforms. Man. Yeah, and and from there, like we actually got like so close to the point where or I mean I mean, I don't know if we got so close to the point, but I'm what I'm trying to say is he fucking flew out to New Jersey and we chilled. Word. All because of me promoting a beat on track training. Motorbeat. I promote some creatives. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's the ideal outcome: sales and new relationships. Yeah, like that's it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. You know, and 
Um, it's it's good to talk on this too because promotion is such an important thing in in our field, and sometimes artists forget that. Sometimes artists don't have a, a budget for it, or they forget to you know they focus on the video, and then they don't have the promotional aspect sort of down, and how much money they're gonna invest into promotions. Yeah. But it's super important, you know, not just to get your work out there, but the new fans and the new relationships that could form off that. It's it's like definitely a blessing. So, you know, you might spend, I mean, how much did you spend? Is, how, how much does it cost to promote on that website? So was that SoundClick was, you said? No, that, that's Track Train. Track Train. So I spent, it's around like 150 for seven days. Right? Seven days of pushing. Of pushing. So like said for seven days, my beat was on the front page. Right, and this is the first time I ever promoted. They have like twenty-four hour ones. They have like uh, fucking like seventy-two hours and seven days. Those are the only three options, right? Um, and obviously, the cheaper one is the seven days. Yeah. But you know, through that, I'm I, like I sold like he wasn't the only one I sold that beat to, or other beats. You know, like people like probably thought the first one or like the promoted beat was dope, and they go on my profile and they like. They find start, everything else. They find everything else. And like maybe those were the ones they bought instead. Like I would have to look at all the analytics. Yeah. But you know, like analytics. But putting 150 in, I got about like 200 back. So I was like, oh shit, that's like 50 in my pocket. You yeah. Know? Like, and that's just, that's especially good if you're just like starting out. Starting you out. Know? And like I think it's great to test your 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 products and like how they will react in a market. You know, I think that's important. You you kind of have to take that risk. Yeah. You know? I think that's it's like heavily involved in that process where no, I think that's the, dope. the testing phase, you know, like there are people who study that stuff in marketing. Do you study your analytics? Like once, once the promotion is done, do I you take a look at and then I, you assess I, and like, yeah, I, I do. I definitely, um, I haven't done it enough to get like a good, you know, understanding or grip of it. But I do know that like, you know, like say, like I promoted like three beats at the same time right on beat stars and i would see which one had the most engagement and i would do like a like maybe like a 25 dollar promotion on each of them and whichever one had the most engagement i would be like okay word this is the one that i'm gonna push even further mm -hmm. so that's kind of like my tactic or you know how i would approach using these like websites if you're gonna pay for promotion yeah for sure like definitely yeah. like you're gonna find like a money hitter or like a, a one that has great engagement within what people are like looking for, or like trying to get or something like that, you know? That's cool, it's man. Const it's constantly trial and error. Constantly, constantly trial and error. And at least like you try, at least you did the effort and you have an outcome to like study and then improve on next time. Exactly. That's the main thing. Like at least once you do it, you have a better understanding of like the outcome. And what works. And you just have to do it. Yeah. yeah. You just have to pay, you know, sometimes you just gotta pay the price. And I always say, like, for projects, um, there's got to be a budget, you know, for promotion and marketing. It's super important because you, you can have a great product, but um, if you have no marketing or promotional plan or, or budgeting, it could live and die online. Yeah, it could just flop. It could just flop. <sighs> Brandon, I think we spoke about some cool shit. Yeah. I think we spoke about a lot of cool shit. I actually learned a lot, like, in terms of video production, so... That's awesome, man. That's that's all I want to do, man, is learn other fields. And at the same time, if I could provide some sort of 
information and education to the person I'm speaking to, that's a blessing. Yeah. That's a blessing. So now you know, yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of parallels. There's a lot of parallels within like each creative field. For, for sure. sure. Yeah, I think it's it's deeply rooted in collaboration at the end of the day. That our, both our processes where you have the artist that you have this conversation with in depth and you're creating this this unique piece of art. Same case here. I have a conversation with the artist and then I have a conversation with the DP and then I have a conversation with it gets more intricate when you build things out. Like there's the yeah. set decorator, like the production designer, you know, the more complicated. If you look at film credits, that's everyone has a thing. You know, that's what that's what this whole like process is about. It's pretty amazing. And that's what I'm excited to get into, you know, like shooting in a space, walking into it, and I don't have to think about like exactly how I'm gonna utilize the space and what I need to add. There's a person that can walk in and be that and person that. for me. Yeah. You know? There's like a role for everything in filmmaking. It's just finding the right people and, and having and having that budget. That's why the budget is so much connected to like the, the end product and quality of a of a of a project. Because if you hand somebody 200, 300 bucks, that's just gonna be one person with a gimbal. And then, you know, there's such a long process, like the planning, the shooting, and then editing. That's just one individual, a small like indie thing budget like that. You're gonna get something that's just gonna live and die online. And there's like the most important thing I think is like sort of what you're doing is number one, paying for promotion, but also focusing on quality, like what you're paying for promotion for, like what's the product like? If you're putting something out that is the same as like everything else that comes out or very low tier, that you're setting in stone a part of your branding and image, you know? So if something's like pretty shitty, people are gonna see you and be like, oh yeah, oh cool. He's kind of like the other rappers or the other artists that are kind of doing this shit, you know? Yeah. But if something drops that's like unique, eye-popping, which I would honestly say is like desire, like that video was great. Mm -hmm. The music was so beautiful. The singing, the angel, it was, it was all amazing, you know? The visuals match the, the sound quality. And you see that catches your eye, you know? And now angel has like, this is like a, a beautiful image to grow from and keep going from, you know? Instead of like starting with some weird, just like, unmotivated camera movements and like random locations cutting around yeah. it's like you know there's there's got to be like cohesion to it much respect to like that whole production process man that's it's a lot stressful it's a very stressful process it's, it's very fun i don't see myself doing anything else but um on that note <laughs> imagine <laughs> Yeah, it was great to have you, man. It was great to talk to you. And thank you for allowing me to come into your space. Yeah. Nomadic podcaster. All right, man. All right. Take care. Signing Peace, out. guys. Peace. Peace. I love you. Eat right. plants. <laughs>